Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. installment of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. You can find me on Twitter at Todd, T-O-D, Todd with one D from PA. And today we're going to be discussing and then playing a fan duel lineup. Now, normally we only do DraftKings because the Mauler um, is not a fan of fan duel. Um, I, I rhymed there, didn't I? He... Um, had uh, an issue with them as it relates to late starts and late stops and all the issues that you do have with that. But I've been on a pretty significant run, uh, doubling, well, really tripling my bankroll on uh, FanDuel playing Major League Baseball over the last, uh, I would say, two to three weeks. So I wanted to kind of detail what I've been doing for our four listeners and uh, maybe uh, it'll go so well that we'll get a fifth listener. And then the Mauler has graciously agreed to join me for this and to help with the lineup. Mauler, how you doing? Um, good. I almost forgot that we had a 2 o'clock meeting, and uh, I was outside talking to uh, a friend of mine and uh, realized it was 1.58, and I just had to shoo him away and uh, come get down to business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> I'm glad you're here as always. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of what you do. And uh, why don't you update us on the latest with your Twitter wars and JM to win and where that, where that series is. And if indeed you're going to be playing for higher stakes in GPPs with him. Well, I mean, it stands at the same spot. He hasn't won a game since the last time we talked. Um, I'll close him out here pretty soon. I think it was like 13 to three or something. Um, he has no chance. He didn't have a chance from the beginning. And uh, <laughs> Such which, a mauler which, thing to say. Which is why, uh, you know, I was going back and forth with him on Twitter. So he wanted to change the game and go to play, uh, you know, high stakes GPPs. I may do it. I may not. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. Um, you know, I'll probably end up beating them 16 to three. Uh, you know, it was 30 days, but if I get to 16, that's all I need to win. So I might just be happy uh, with the 16 to three win and kind of flaunting that for a while until football season when he can probably bash my skull in. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty good there. Um, you know, honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot closer. I'm sure he thought it was going to be a lot closer. Uh, but you deserve full kudos for the effort and for uh, putting up those big numbers. And um, it'll be interesting. I, I wanted to get in on the uh, 
if you guys did a GPP one, because that's more where my interest lies anyway, as you well know. But um, I, I think 150 a night's a little rich for my blood at this point of my development. Well, yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, of course, we both could afford it, but it's just more of a comfortability level. I think if we did the $27, it would be a lot better. But, you know, JM is a, a high-stakes guy. and uh, But he did mention something. You know, if, if I was playing the high stakes like he does, the, the $1,060 and so on, uh, I wouldn't have to worry about it because of the scores I put up against him, I would have been cleaning house in those events. But, you know, uh, it's it's like you said, it comes back to comfortability and, you know, how much you're comfortable spending. I mean, we all know I made well into six figures last year, but, uh, you know, I've always played the same limits, no matter how much I was winning or how much I was losing. And, you know, that's probably maybe something I should steer away from, but it's, 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 it's comfortable, like you said. And, uh, you know, well, I know how much it's your bankroll, right? It, it, what's right. funny is you go to these seminars and they'll teach you about bankroll management. But if you challenge one of them, they want you to play a significant portion of, of your bankroll to get in with them. But at one point, they were probably not high bankroll players. And they, you know, they grinded and uh, and built up their bankrolls. And that's how they got to the level that they're at. And no one, you know, I know I'm not taking anything away from any of them and and what they've accomplished because, you know, they got reputations because they earned them. Uh, My feeling is, though, while I could play $150 a night for 30 days, if I lost three or four grand, I'd be pretty bummed out considering I've never put in more than $800 into the hobby um, maybe a little bit more. I don't keep track of it religiously because it is a hobby for me at this point. You know, I'm sitting on somewhere like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars right now, um, and it's all convoluted because you send me money, I send you money back. So I, I don't stay that on top of it. But I know that recently, and this is what I wanted to share with our listeners, uh, FanDuel had changed the way that they score. They did it twice. Once they did it in the beginning of the year and once they've done it since then. So I wanted to kind of detail what I think is a great strategy, the ideal strategy for um, FanDuel. And uh, you interested in hearing that, Mahler? Yeah, I kind of need to since I haven't played on there in a while. You know, the scoring's a little different and, uh, you know, it'll get me back acclimated. Cool. So basically, there's no minus points anymore where they used to have minuses. The only minus is when a pitcher gives up a run, okay? Not when they, um, not when they uh, give up hits. You know, you could load the bases and get out of it, and it doesn't cost you anything. The other thing that is changed is their initial change met with almost universal angst and people were very upset because there were a lot of ties with their new system without the negatives. Well, what they've done to address that is they have changed the scoring system again. And what they've done is, let me look at this. They changed in, they raised runs from three to 3.2 and runs batted in from three to 3.5. 
So one day I was right after the change. You know, I'm more like you. I tend to play more DraftKings. And someone, one of the big guys, it might have been Draft Cheat, mentioned, well, all the more stacking now is important on FanDuel because of the fact that you're getting extra points that they hadn't planned on in the initial, uh, when they thought out this scoring, to, to, to break things up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so if you're getting 3.2 and 3.5 instead of three, all the more it, it made sense to me when this person said it, that y- you want to have a stack. So where in DraftKings, after going to the seminar jam to win, I, I was all good with not stacking just to be contrarian. And because everyone stacks and you can stack five guys there. Well, on FanDuel, you can only stack four guys. So immediately picture bubble goes in my head. Well, then I want to have two, four stacks. And yep. that equals the eight positions. And then the other thing that this was me, not them, is you read a lot about how important getting the win on FanDuel is because I think it's 15 points, right? Uh, 12, uh, 12 points. I'm sorry. So you get 12 points for a win versus four on DraftKings. That's a pretty big up. You know, that's a big deal to get 12 points. And trust me, when you're, when you get that win and 12, you know, I remember one night I was, you know, making about eight or 10 bucks and I got 12 points and all of a sudden I was up to 25 bucks. Um, so getting the win is very important. So, the, the, where I've kind of tailored it is every day I go like most people probably do and they look up uh, what the lines are. And what I'm looking for is mid-range pitchers who have a good chance of picking up the win where you can still afford some bats and then you double stack either 4-4 four, four, or sometimes it only makes stakes sense to do four three one because you're just not finding someone you want um at you know that that eighth position like sometimes you you kick it around a bunch and you've got 3500 left and the catcher is left oftentimes and rather than going with some punt catcher on one of your two teams i'll put a, a posey or a mccann or one of the higher priced options a catcher so that's the basics of it I also have, you know, will throw out one ace a day, typically, whether it's Syndergaard or Kershaw. I had a nice hit with a Kershaw lineup last week when he scored 66 points. So that's the basic thing that has led me to be very successful. Uh, Mid-price pitchers, always looking for guys that can get me a good strikeout. Uh, percentage, but really, really looking to get those double stack teams with a guy who is in the position to win that day. And I've, you know, I might make eight lineups and only one of them does really, really well, but it could be, you know, 200th place. And I make, you know, 25 bucks when I've only invested, you know, 12 or 15. That makes sense too. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, I think the difference in the strategy from the two sites, you know, leads you to, to you know, uh, a strategy where some people don't 
don't really comprehend it. And um, one of the things that's different is the two to one pitcher. Like if, if you, you have to make sure your pitcher is someone that's going to get you points because if you have only have one pitcher and they throw a dud, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of sinking there. Yep. And so you're looking for a good pitcher, but I don't mind throwing out five lineups with guys that are mid range pitchers and kind of splitting it up two, two, one, um, and then mixing in some of my favorite stacks. Now, the other thing that we're going to have to look out for when we do this is because you're looking for double stacks of teams. And I haven't even really had a chance, as you know, I just got back from Chicago on business. I haven't had a chance to really do much prep work for this lineup, but you need to find teams that blend well together. In other words, like my best lineup in the early slate has Arizona Cardinals and Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, Cervelli is a good catcher, right? So he's in there. Goldschmidt at first, Segura at second. And so, and Lamb's at third. Mercer is a shortstop that's been pretty hot, and I like is that short. McCutcheon, Michael Bourne was my cheap option, and he's had the best day. And then Sean Rodriguez filled out the lineup based on salary, so I was able to go 4-4. But the other half of this is you might not be able to afford the two teams that you like, and oftentimes I'm finding that I have four players from the Braves or the Phillies or other teams, and there's only a couple guys you really would want to play with from those teams, so they have to blend with the other lineups. So the Red Sox are a great team to stack with because they've got a, a good hitter at second base and shortstop, so the other good hitters from the other teams and some good low price options might be at outfield. So while the Red Sox have been on this big run, I, I've had a couple really good lineups with them. So that's the other thing you have to keep in mind as we go forward with this. Okay, Mahler? Oh, yeah. And that's funny you mentioned the Red Sox because, you know, doing the research that I've done today, they're probably at the top of the list for um, stacks for the main uh, game, even though Pedroia is going to be out. Yeah, well, and that could open up, uh, you know, even if you have any kind of decent pitcher on FanDuel, you're going to have to watch how much you spend on your bat. So uh, let me pull up the slam, $25, 75K guaranteed. Um, here's the pitching options. Kevin Gosman, Lance McCullers, Joe Ross, Danny Duffy, Clay Buckholtz, Miguel Gonzalez, Mike Leake. Uh, Matt Whistler's mother, John Gray, and Wiley the Peralta, uh, also known as Willie. So those are the guys. There's no high-priced options. And the line, the best line of the day out of that group is Clay Buckholtz at minus 170 against Colorado and Danny Duffy at minus 165 um, is the next reasonable option, Joe Ross and Matt Whistler are minus 125. So those are the guys I would tend to want to go with here. Kevin Gosman is, is a nice option also, but he is plus 110. So, you know, he has to be in consideration too. Um, and the other thing you have to keep in mind when doing a FanDuel lineup is if unlike DraftKings, where you could have five bats and the pitcher 
On FanDuel, if you use the pitcher, you lose one of the bats. And, and you know, because it's four maximum from a team. So of those options, Mauler, anyone strike your fancy? Yeah, actually, uh, Whistler, because of his price on FanDuel, um, he's supposed to be a favorite. Milwaukee is not the best, and I imagine they're going to rest probably Braun today just because he has been achy. Now, that's just a guess. We won't know until the lineups are out. But at 6,500, he's almost 2,000 less than the top guys, and uh, they are favored and in a great spot. And one thing I want to throw out there is Whistler is in the top, uh, I would say top five, but I believe it's the top three in earned run average since the middle half of last season. So, uh, you know, he's a good pitcher that uh, people aren't really uh, really catching on to quite yet. And I think he's um, he could be high-owned tonight, but I think he could also be sneaky. All right. So um, the, uh, the counterpoint two players, Clay Buckholtz, uh, if we are going to look at a Red Sox, Sox stack, um, he's a guy that I wouldn't go even though he is the highest line and he's only six. 9,900. Uh, he's gotten blown up and been out of the game a few times before five innings. So just because a team is favored doesn't mean that the pitcher is going to be there. And then it, again, it would take away one of those Red Sox bats. Uh, the other name I'll throw out is Danny Duffy. Um, Duffy has a 19% K percentage between last year and this. Um, and he's playing a team with a 21.7, so that balances it out. Where Whistler is only a 15.9, but is uh, playing a team that has struck out 27.1. So strikeout-wise, I haven't done the full math. Uh, That makes Whistler an even better play than normal because he should get more strikeouts than normal. So if you want to go with Whistler in our lineup, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely good with that. What scares me about Duffy is um, Todd Frazier just kills lefties. And, you know, if uh, him and Abreu get into uh, a few balls, that could change the outcome of the game right there. So, yeah, I think I think our play is Whistlers, uh, if you're good with that, and then we can kind of move on and have a little extra money to uh, build the rest of our lineup. Yep, have no problem with that, although – Again, they're, you know, Duffy, Buckholtz, and Whistler are all within $400 of each other. But I do like Matt Whistler. I think he's an underrated and underappreciated pitcher. So um, he doesn't have quite the opportunity to win, perhaps. But isn't Atlanta a pretty good ballpark for pitchers? Yeah. yeah it yeah, is. It and is then Milwaukee, as you and- mentioned, they're feast or famine. You know, Whistler could get killed, and this could be a dead lineup. But a very good chance on the road away from the friendly confines of Miller uh, that this is a very solid play. There's nobody that really jumps out at you. I like John Gray as a pitcher. I think he's going to be a good pitcher, but playing uh, against Boston in Boston is dangerous. So you you mentioned Todd Frazier and you mentioned the Red Sox. Uh, Are the Red Sox, I mean, the Red Sox are going to be highly owned here, obviously, in a short slate. Uh, the other the other kind of team that I think is real sneaky on the more expensive side, because you tend to only get one team that has expensive bats, I'll throw Baltimore out there. I think they're going to be a sneakier stack than uh, Boston. 
and Chicago White Sox as well. Where do you want to look first? And then also, Mauler, which of the weaker hitting teams historically do you like today? Well, uh, I totally agree with you, Baltimore. Um, when I was making my DraftKings lineup, those are the guys that I really gravitated toward because I felt like they could have a really good night tonight and they were low priced on DraftKings. So I really, uh, I really liked them. I um, looked at Machado and Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo for that lineup. So I agree with you. I like them. And, you know, if you're looking for a low owned, um, you know, low priced, I like the Braves again. Um, Willie Peralta is just a gas can. Uh, He might, he might win the, the Cy Young for gas cans because Every every time I look up, he's given two, three hits an inning up. And, uh, you know, Atlanta isn't as bad as they showed in the first couple weeks of the season. Um, you know, they have uh, some veteran hitters, Freeman, Markakis. Uh, D'Arnaud has picked it up a lot. So I like them as the, you know, low-owned, uh, not-too-popular um, stack. I got you. So uh, looking at the late slate, uh, which I'm about to do using the bat. Um, I didn't know Washington was playing Washington. So yeah, Bryce Harper's four. the most, the bat, the guys, the bat that likes the most tonight are Harper. Who's only four Ortiz at four, six, Arenado at four bets at four, six, Frazier at three, nine, Freddie Freeman at three, one, Um, You know, the issue with using the Braves is you're going to want Freddie Freeman in there, which takes, you know, the White Sox, Baltimore and and um, everyone's, you know, first baseman out. Uh, Let's see. Abreu, Machado, Springer, Hosmer. I will tell you also that a team that I've had good success with as far as lower bats is the, the Royals. Um, that's another one that I'll throw out there for people, but I'm going to leave it to you, Mauler. Which, what, who's your favorite play of the night? What team do you really want to go after as one of our two stacks? Well, I, I, I think we were in agreement with uh, taking the shot with Baltimore. What do you think about that? I agree, and you know what? But what I'm going to do first is let's pick the Braves that we would want to be in the lineup. If we're going to balance it out and then we'll look, uh, while I hate giving up Chris Davis, um, Willie Peralta is a righty. So I really do hate giving up uh, Davis, but I think we could possibly, let's look at the Braves. Uh, If we're going to do the Braves, you know, Markakis is 2.9. Uh, A.J. Perzinski, I I like him. He bats fifth. This is one of the things I really look for when doing this. I look for a second team that has a catcher that bats near the top of the order. What do you think about A.J. Perzinski for 2.1 as the catcher? Well, he's one of the reasons why I gravitated towards the Braves, just specifically because of that price. And he is left-handed facing a a gas can throwing right-hander. Um, and like you said, he hits four sometimes, he hits five sometimes, but usually not any lower than five. Um, so that was kind of what gave me the idea for uh, taking a peek at the Braves. All right. So um, I saw that Beckham was sent down. Was that Gordon Beckham or was that a 
Tim Beckham? Um, I'm guessing Tim Beckham, but I'm not sure. I think I think. Uh... Let me look. I'll go over to RotoWorld.com and go to the MLB players, and then I'll do a search for Beckham. Because second base is another position where, it, you know, you can often get some salary savings in doing these lineups. Yep, I think it was Tim Beckham. Let's is, make is, sure. Uh, yep. Chase, Chase Diarnod, a second baseman on FanDuel. Let's see, he is, and he's only twenty five hundred. You you want to stick him in? Yeah, because. Um, you know, if we're going Braves and Orioles, I think uh, he might be a little better option than Shoot because he should hit near the top of the order and he steals bases. Yep, I love that call. All right, so let's go back and look at other Atlanta players um, that might fit in. Uh, Kelly Johnson, no, we don't want that because we want Machado if we're going to do this. Yeah. Let's see. So Freddie Freeman at first, Beckham at second, Inciarte is an outfielder. A bar A bar at shortstop is an option. No, he's he's a he's just a bunting machine. Like I, I seriously think the only reason he's still in the league is because he can bunt. All right. So Marcakis is only two nine. Do you like him in the outfield? Um, how much is NCRT? NCRT is 3.0. Well, it's between those two because we're only going to be able to have three Braves as it is because we have Whistler. And I would rather play Davis over Freeman anyway. I'll leave that up to you. But Yeah, no, that's go, good. So we'll put we Davis go, in and we'll put in NCRT. And that leaves us 4,300 for the last four players. So, um, obviously, we want to put Machado in, correct? Correct. And he is a shortstop only there, so that's 4,000. In the outfield, we want Trumbo, correct? Yeah, I mean, um, Adam Jones is an option, but he he was striking out like mad again last night, so I'm not sure if he's back in the slump, but if we're going to stack Orioles, I think we have to have both he and Trumbo. Yep. Well, you got Trumbo and see that's if you go Trumbo and Jones, that leaves seventy one hundred in salary left, believe it or not, with no third baseman, you know, above four. So that's where we could then look at the Braves. And let's take the Braves back out. Yeah. And let's, let's, let's and let's. This let's is and again, case. we're we're showing you exactly how I do these lineups that have been successful. I would then see all that money I got left. I pull it back out. Um, and you know, let's look at. Um, you mentioned the White Sox. Uh, Houston White is an option. White Sox or Kansas City were my next favorite too. Okay. Uh, well, let's look at catcher. At catcher, Salvador Perez is 3,200. And then if you think in Houston, now here, here's, here's something interesting. Houston, we could have put Gaddison at catcher 
Altuve at second, but they've been in such a slump. But that could help us in a GPP if they do go off. That's an option. Um, so if you want to go with uh, Royals, you could put in second. I think Houston probably fits us best because of our positions of need. You know, I, Kansas I, City doesn't. Kansas City doesn't really have a great second baseman. Um, you know, of course, you have Salvador Perez there, but you know, Gaddis and Altuve, you know, are are rated way higher than you know Perez and Infante would be, or um, anybody that the White Sox could bring out. So I think that's a very very good point. All right. So if we and uh, if we put Springer, Altuve, and Gaddis in at catcher, knowing that Gaddis might not play. But if Gaddis does play, like you know, unfortunately, Correa is a shortstop and Machado is a shortstop, so you can't have both. Um, but if we wanted to, we could put Alvarez in at third base and then take out Adam Jones and have 3,400 for an uh, We could put in Rasmus at 3,200. Or we could put Jones back in and have enough money for third base of Matt Carpenter, Travis Shaw. So which way do you kind of like it better? Well, Carpenter's out. He's on paternity leave for the next four games, so he's not an option. Um, I, I, I really don't like Pedro Alvarez. He's just a strikeout machine. Um, but then again, if we go – Houston, our options are limited. So we go Gaddis, Altuve. Can we get Springer instead of Jones? Well, we had Springer already. I okay. got another option for you. Okay. Um, if we go Daniel Murphy. That, that was my next thought. That's pretty good. Bryce <laughs> Harper. That would leave. We would just miss out on Rendon by 500 as the third guy. Uh, but we could put Travis Shaw in at third base, or uh, is Mustakis going to play? He could fit there. So that that's an option. Um, well, hold on. If we do that, we got to take Gaddis out of catcher. Oh, I think we got something here. If we go Rendon, Murphy, and Machado, I mean uh, – Rendon Murphy and Bryce Harper, that would leave 2500 for a catcher, which would get us Tony Walters, Tyler Flowers, Garno, Swihart. I mean, we could, or Pruszynski. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of like Pruszynski because I think he's well, most Pruszynski likely to play. Be, yeah, he's going to be the one that plays out of that bunch. So I don't mind that at all, especially you know, hitting at the top of the order against Gascan Peralta. All right, which leads us to our last decision. Uh, we've got $2,700 invested in Adam Jones. Let's look to see if there's a national around 3100 Jason Worth, worth? Jason Worth is 3000 Ben Revere is 3000 uh, or Jones at 2700 What's your favorite? Let me go do a little research on those guys. Sure. Uh, who is who are the uh, who's Washington facing? 
Washington is facing St. Louis. So Mike Leake, Wirth's probably going to hit two. So the projections I'm looking at have Ben Revere 8.73, Worth right behind him 8.57. And then let me go look at Adam, don't call me Pac-Man Jones, 8.35. So they're all pretty similar. Yeah, so looking at the bats projections, which I found to be pretty darn good, Jones is 9.86, and then they've actually got him ahead of Trumbo. Revere is 8.49, and I don't even see where. Oh, Worth is the best, 10.63. I kind of like Worth. All right, let's do it. I mean, you know, uh, who, who Baltimore is facing a righty or a lefty again? They're facing a righty. They have ballpark advantage, though. Houston's probably a better ballpark to hit in. But Adam but, Jones against a righty versus Worth. Against a righty as well. Yeah, which one do you like better? They're, they're rated very close together. I'm going to leave this one up to you. Oh, don't put the pressure on me. We need to flip a coin. All right. All right. Both, you tell me. Both? You tell me. Heads. Who, who's heads? Uh, we'll say heads is Adam Jones. It's heads, Adam Jones. All right. So worth it is. <laughs> you want worth? I, I kind of want. Do you worth. want worth? Yeah. Let's do worth. Let's All do right. worth, and then if Jones goes off, we'll kick ourselves. Yep. I th- I think I could live with that more. To, you know, I keep waiting for him to live up to his promise, and it's been tough. So, all right, we've we've created a twenty five dollar lineup for the night. It's Matt Whistler's mother at uh, pitcher, AJ Pierzynski at catcher, and again, we might have to change this if somebody goes out. But Chris Davis at first base, Daniel Murphy at second, Anthony Rendon at third. Manny Machado at shortstop, Bryce Harper, Mark Trumbo, and Jason Worth in the outfield. I'm going to hit enter, Mauler. All right. I like it. Uh, And I think uh, the good thing was we kind of showed people how, you know, we went step by step through to get the best possible lineup. You know, we had a few teams that we liked to pair with Baltimore, but the guys that we liked for Baltimore didn't perhaps fit the positions that we needed from the other teams. So we kind of got the best of both worlds and it took a few steps for us to get there, but you know, our listeners can see, you know, how we went about it and, and what's, you know, the best way to proceed when, you know, you're looking at problems like that. Well, exactly. And that was a very good point. And I can tell you with my $3 lineups, um, I will have some Matt Whistler. I will have some Danny Duffy. I will have even a Che Buckholtz, and I'll I'll have uh, you know, and I will like that Braves stack. Okay, so if we were going to do a Braves stack, uh, you in for another three bucks? Yeah, we can do a three bucks. All right, so we're in for another three bucks, and let's just keep Whistler as our pitcher. 
now let's look and 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 this is how I would go next. Who are the Red Sox that I want? Well, I want David Ortiz. I want uh, Bogarts. No, we got to keep I, an eye because Bogarts left last night's game, but they said. Oh yeah, he's be DTD. Okay All right, so I don't feel as much like I need a Red Sox with both Pedroia and him out, but let's put in Shaw. Let's put in uh, Jackie Bradley. And And let's put in Mookie Betts. And that's our four there. Um, So that that leaves us 2875. So we were looking at Braves. All right. Well, we remember Pierzynski was 2,100. We remember Chase Darno was 2,500. And that leaves an outfielder and a shortstop. So which was the outfielder you liked again, Inciardi? Or Marquecas, either one. All right. So if we go Inciardi at 3,000, that leaves for shortstop – 3,900, which leaves Carlos Correa. And, that that is how I, and that's how I would make my second team because we made the first team and it didn't work out salary-wise with the Braves. We had all this extra money. So immediately, um, we, you, you know, I, it comes to my mind and through my mind that, well, what's the more expensive main team we could build around to fit in those Braves? So um, that now we've shown people how you can really start building by hand a few lineups doing it this way. And then what I'll probably also do is I'll make a lineup with the, you know, the same bats, but a different pitcher around the same money. And, and, and then you're done. Yep. All right. So uh, Mahler, as always, it's been a unique pleasure if you want to get in on half of all my lineups tonight or just play the two we just did, you know, you can let me know and we'll figure it out. Uh, but if not, I appreciate you uh, slumming on FanDuel with me and hopefully <laughs> we have a successful night. We thank all of you for listening. Um, I will be doing a most likely sometime this weekend, another podcast with uh, Justin Lanero. Uh, We'll be doing an MFL 10 series. And then early next week, I'm sure I'll be back with the Mauler making lineups on DraftKings and trying to make all of us smarter. Mauler, thanks again. Always a pleasure to do this with you. Yep. And uh, make sure you get me involved in this MFL 10. I want to start drafting some teams too, but I need to learn the ropes. So I know you're a veteran. You need to teach me those ropes. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's my core competency. All right. Uh, We'll see you later. And, uh, you know, we want to win. We want to win it all. And maybe it'll be one of these nights. Thanks, guys.